0: Welcome to the Flourish Conference podcast. Each spring, women from all over the country gather together at our annual conference to learn, grow, and flourish together as a community. Here is the recording from one of our sessions at our 2023 conference. Well, you know, as I have been um, praying and working in my dining room night after night, thinking about tonight, um... I have to tell you, I have a hand-me-down old computer uh, that that was my husband's that, you know, when, when when it gets too old for him to use, I get it. And so I've been, you know, working and I've been typing extra things in and trying to look up stuff. But I noticed one thing, that it takes like over a minute or two for like the information to come back to me. And I was getting frustrated, so I took, like, a deeper look at it, and after a while, I was like, one, two, three, four. There were 27 tabs opened. And, And isn't that, like, our lives as women? Here we are. You have probably had 27 tabs open just to get here. You grocery shopped and packed lunches and packed... Um, your clothes and then packed, if you have children, you've packed their clothes and then you put a calendar together and then you told everybody where they're supposed to be and then you called all the people that are taking your kids' places and bringing them back and making sure they have the right kids in the right places you took care of your pets you know, you got everything in order, you got onto a plane or into a car to get here tonight and I want to let you know, when I closed all of those tabs in my computer, it went much better. <laughs> and I feel like when we closed our tabs this, this evening by worshiping him, didn't you just feel that peace, right? So the good news is, we made it. We're here. <laughs> and why are we here? I believe we're here because we're devoted. We're devoted women. You would not have done all of those things without having an uh, like no devotion in you. You were devoted because you wanted to come and hear what God has to say to you. Right? No matter how far your heart feels away from Him right now or how close you feel, You're devoted enough that you're here. So what is devotion? What is hearts of devotion? If we're supposed to be women with hearts of devotion, devotion is a strong love, affection, dedication, and loyalty to someone or something. And in our case, it's to God, right? We're devoted to God. Now, you could fill in the blank of all the things that you're devoted to, but ultimately, we want to be devoted to God. And, and you can take that a step further, and the, the devotion is having a single aim that perseveres with that aim no matter what happens, that you're going to stay the course. You're going to stay devoted. So thinking about devotion, I think you're women not only of devotion, but women that want to engage with God tonight. And already we've heard so many great things through worship and through what people have been saying about engaging. Isn't it funny that this year it's called Engage Near to God? When I think about engage, I cannot help but think about an engaged couple. That comes to my mind. And... What engage means and what it looks like, and if you apply it to a couple, is it's a passionate commitment to a person. It's heartfelt. You are offering your life. You're offering your devotion, your word to that other person. You're participating with that person in a deeper level. You know, you're taking pictures when you're engaged, and you're like, oh, no, wait. I can't be on this side. My good side's this side. You know why? Because you're going to be like... (laughs) And when you do things like, you know, you just get engaged, you start doing this. Well, how did you do that? Well, I think we should go over there. Because you want everyone to see that you're engaged, that you belong to somebody, right? You do it. I'm going to take this off now, because it broke. Dollar store. (laughs) Um, But you know, every time the phone would ring, when I was at first engaged, it's like I would run to the wall. I mean, because that's the phone we had. And I'd pick it up, and I'd be like, it might be Rick, and he might have something to say to me, and we're committed to each other, and I love him, and he loves me, and everything he does, I just live for every word he has to say. And, and it was exciting, right? But being engaged is not the goal. Like, if I ask anybody here who is engaged, do you just want to stay engaged for 17 years, 18 years? 24 years. No, your goal is not to just be engaged. Your goal is to live a life of devotion with that person. And we could take this step and apply it to our lives with God. You know, do we remember the day that we got engaged to God? That, that we said to everybody, you're not going to believe it. I met this great man. His name is Jesus. And he changed my life. And he turned everything about me around. And I'm so different. And we were so excited about having that relationship. But how many of us know, as, as everything goes, if we're not careful with our relationship with God, just like uh, a man if we don't keep the purpose and the devotion and what we're doing this for, if we don't keep it in our mind that that we're supposed to be working hard at this, it just becomes like routine, you know? You know, when the phone rings, I'm like, oh, it's Rick. I'll see him Saturday. I don't need to get it, you know? Oh, it's God. Eh, I go to church on Sundays. That's That's when I hear him. Yeah, it's, it's like a, ooh, it's an ah moment. Things become routine and ritual and stale and mundane and emotionally we can get disconnected, right? We can get disconnected from God and spiritually get, get disconnected. You know, begin to, we begin to experience like that brokenness. And some of us in the room may be feeling like, you know, we're disconnected. We have hurts and we have unanswered prayers that we've prayed. And we're just tired. You know, some of us in the room maybe we've grown up in church, you know, and our mommies took us to church and this is what we do and then we come back and we go home and then we go back to church on Wednesdays and and it was just never really ours or maybe it was but we lost it. Listen, I'm right in that same boat. I feel, like, I feel like there are times where, like, I don't want to make room for God. I've, I've made room for God, and what did it get me? You know, I have children in my life that aren't where I think they should be. And, and that hurts. And God, I'm tired of, of that, but, but, you know, I'm gonna make room for you to do whatever you want to do because your way is better. And I'm going to come and I'm going to sing those things and I'm going to worship with all my heart because I don't understand doesn't mean he doesn't, right? So, thank you. We, we made it. We're here. We may feel like we're disengaged, but don't lose hope. Something inside us wants to engage and experience that fresh revelation of who God is again. And and I'm telling you what, it's not just us that are here that we're like, okay, God, we want to engage with you. He wants to engage with us. I mean, is that not like mind-blowing that he loves us? What was the song we just sang about how, 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 he thinks about us. It's like that I can actually sing that and feel that he really does think something of me. I mean, listen, if you've ever been in an unhealthy relationship with somebody that's been ob- obsessed with you, I mean, this God that we serve knows how many hairs are on your head. How, what, how obsessed is that? Like he knows I have like a hundred or so hairs on my head and how many fall out and how many more fall out as I get older. But the man loves us that much. He's obsessed with us that he counts our hair. That blows my mind. So let's start here. Let's read uh Second Peter one 2-3. two to three. Second Peter chapter one two to three. It says, may God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus, our Lord. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need to living, for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And I want to just pull out the words more and more. That we're supposed to be multiplying. That word means to increase greatly. To be made full to maximum capacity. Did you ever eat so much you just felt like, oh, I'm so full. Well, we're supposed to be full more and more, grace and peace in our lives. But there's an as we grow. So he wants us to have that. But as we grow, as we progress in maturing... He wants to give us more grace and peace. But as we grow in what? As we grow in our knowledge of God. And that word knowledge does not mean that you went to a classroom and learned about God. And then it's like, okay, now, now I know. And now, uh, now I should be growing. And, and then we don't understand why we're not growing. Because that knowledge is not the Greek word gnosis, which is intellect. The word epignosis is the word that means that the knowledge is gained by first-hand experience. It's hands-on knowledge. It's a personal encounter with him. It's, it's the reason why when you walk into a room and you know you and your girlfriend are cracking up so hard that you can't stop laughing, and and you're laughing about something that you, only you two know. And then someone else comes in and they're like, oh, what's so funny? And you're like telling them and you're like, ah! and, and they're like, oh, oh, that is funny. But they don't really get it, you know, because they weren't there when the whole episode happened. And then that person, they go and tell, like, this sister, and they, they say, well, yeah, they're laughing because of this. That's knowledge that they're just passing on that they heard. They didn't experience it. And God wants us to have the knowledge, the experience that we can have with him so that we can grow in grace and in mercy and in peace. Amen? So we should have more of that in our lives. And Peter is saying here that the results of women that have hearts of devotion are that we'll have grace and peace multiplied in our life and we'll have his divine power for life and godliness. It's going to be present. So why are we not seeing it? Why do we not see it in our own lives? Why do I sometimes not walk in that divine power that is promised me? Well, it goes back to, I think I'm walking in the knowledge, the book smarts, and the end, like what I was told by someone else, by maybe what my sister experienced in her life and not experiencing it for myself. Um, God wants us to experience him the way he created us to experience him. And we have to be women that notice the signs in our life when God is speaking to us. Signs that point out the fact, hey, Natalie, you've not been engaging with me. Hey, you've not been paying attention. You've not been as devoted. What are the signs that he's using? Um, Years ago, I went to my very first, 40-some years ago, my very first women's retreat, we called it, and I drove and I took a couple of my friends and we were driving, and it was about an hour into it, and like one of my friends like looked up and was like, Hey, it's been about an hour. Shouldn't we have been there by now? And we all start looking, and the signs were like one full hour in the exact opposite direction, and we were supposed to be an hour that way. Another instance... Um, my husband uh, he called me on my way home from work and he's like hey pastor Eric who lives up the road from us pastor Eric just called me and he wanted to let you know that um, our one road that we turn on that's a, a little it's pretty much of a long road and that when you get to the end of the long road it goes down a hill and then downhill is where we live in this lower plan and hey pastor Eric said don't go that way there's a house fire in your plan and they've blocked the road. Well, I'm driving, I'm like, yeah, thank you, bye. And I see the road and I'm like ready to make the left-hand turn and cars are coming out. So I'm like, I got this, I'm not going all the way around. I'm gonna make the left and I'm gonna go down the road. And I'm like, look, they're all driving up the road. The road must be opened, it happened a while ago. Get down to the bottom of the hill and turn around the bend and what's there? cop car blocking the road. So I had to turn around and go all the way back. Another instance, my husband gets in my car with me and we're driving and he's like he's like you are oil. It's like, way, like it's like way overdue." And I was like, he goes, "Did you notice that?" And he's like, "It's in the negative and or whatever that is, I don't know." whatever he said <laughs> and I was like I don't, I don't know he's like well we got to get the car up there and get that you know changed I'm like I never noticed the emojis <laughs> you know and in all of those situations all of those situations going to the conference 40 years ago I didn't see the sign didn't see the sign never looked up. I was engaged in my own thing, driving down the road. In in the other instance, somebody was telling me, don't go that way. I didn't listen. I chose not to listen. And in the last one, there was like a a blinking light and I just avoided it. (laughs) You know, something was obviously there. And I think in our lives, there are signs that we need to be paying attention to so that we don't disengage, right? What are the signs in your life? Do you have a lack of joy? Are you are you joyless? Are you agitated? Do you have no peace? Is everything a chore, no longer in love? Do you complain a lot? You know, sometimes I, I have to sit back and think, do I complain? Is everybody I'm talking to are the words coming out of my mouth Just complaints I mean what, What's going on Am I blaming others for my lack of growth Well if they would just serve the Lord Well if they would play this song Well if he wasn't so You fill in the blank It's their fault not mine I no longer take notes in church I don't need it Because I learned that when I was 20 Or 30 or 40 I don't need to take notes are lights coming on on your dashboard of life and are you ignoring them? What are we going to do about it? How, how can we take what we're hearing today, tomorrow, and Saturday and engage and go back to re-engaging or re-strengthening what we already have? How will we set a pattern to stay engaged You know, I love being here because (laughs) even though I'm speaking, I honestly feel like I don't have to be on. I don't have a job to do. I'm sharing my life with you. This is just my life, you know. Um, I don't have to perform, and nobody needs me at this moment, right? So we, here's the big idea. We can be women who re-engage with God and have a heart of devotion when we repent, return, and reveal. Now, nobody in a room full of Christians like this wants to repent because we're Christians and we're women and we've got it right. But we do. We need to repent, return, and reveal and get re-engaged. We're not the only ones in history that had to re-engage. Let's let's look at Revelations, a letter written from God to his people in Ephesus. Revelations 2 One says, write this letter to the angel of the church in Ephesus. This is the message from the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand. The one who walks among the seven gold lampstands. If God were to write us a letter tonight, what would he say? Would he say, to the angel women of flourish, I write this to you. What would it be? Verse 2 and 3, I know all the things you do. I have seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know that you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the, the claims of those who say they are apostles but are not. You have discovered that they are liars. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. I believe that God would say that to us. I would believe he would say, you do great in kids' ministry. I see you work hard cooking in the kitchen and cleaning the church building. And I see your um, discipling women. And I see how you are working so hard for the kingdom and suffering and toiling. And you're not quitting. Even, Natalie, when you feel like quitting, you know you know what's right to do, and you don't quit because you're doing this for me. Are you like me? Have you, have you been there where you felt like quitting? Revelation 2, 4 says, but I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. You've left your first love, the NAS says. It's like, ouch. Really, Lord? I don't love you like I did at first. I'm not loving others. That's not what I want to come to this conference to hear. <laughs> you know? But he was upset because they left their first love. They left and they forsook him. He was their numeral uno, and they left him. You know, it doesn't matter how much we know the Bible and how smart we are. It doesn't matter how much we serve and how, how we are so busy doing the right things, it does not matter if Jesus isn't first and foremost. He's not impressed. Loving Jesus and one another like I once did and not losing, you know, they lost their warmth and their zeal for Christ and they began going through the motions, just serving and not loving. I guess this is the point I'm supposed to bring up Mary and Martha, you know, because every woman's conference does that, right? <laughs> but there's Mary and Martha, you know? There's, there's Mary just, you know, sitting at the feet of Jesus, <laughs> loving him and listening, and there's, there's Martha, you know, with the broom, and it's like, Mary, get over here. Count me clean, your, your feet are so dirty. It's making a mess, why are you not in the kitchen? You know, don't we get like that sometimes? Yeah, definitely. Not good to be there. Being devoted and sitting at his feet. Tonight we have to make a decision. Do we want to go back and be in love with Jesus and re-engage and engage with him? Putting him first. Loving him first. You know, I'm going to get to know him again. Not because somebody told me their story, but because I have a story of how faithful he is. Because I'm a daughter and he loves me. And I want to be known as his daughter. So how do we do it? Well, verse, verse 5, repent and return. Look how far you've fallen. Turn back to me and do the works that you once did at first. If you don't repent, I will come and remove your lampstand from its places among the churches. Fallen is a state of spiritual decline. So, you know, you might not be sinning in the alley doing awful things, but if you're going down and going down, you know, the Price is Right used to have that guy that climbed the mountain but we might be doing the the opposite way if we're fallen if we're in a place where our love for him has fallen and it's drifted and we're just going through the motions we need to repent and we all know what it is repent is you're going one way you stop you change directions and go the other way that's all we have to do we and then we return to where we should be right we change directions and we return because if we don't repent it says he will come and remove our lampstand our light the very thing that that is going to influence the world around us will be diminished and it may even you know snuff out and get dim so return repent and return turn back and do what you did at first so we just have to think, what did we do at first? We loved him, we worshiped, we we adored him, we had the word, we prayed, we we stayed in our journal, and all of the things that we did that kept our hearts alive with him. You know, he promises in James if we draw near to him, he'll draw near to us. That's how faithful he is. We just have to do in verse seven. Uh, Anyone with ears to hear, he must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. And to everyone who is victorious, I will give fruit from the tree of life in the paradise of God. We need to have ears to hear. Hear what he's saying to us and listen. Repent, turn back, and the best part reveal. He reveals himself. He really does. When we search for him, he reveals himself to us in sometimes the weirdest ways, in license plates, in a phone call, in something you know that you found. Um, he, he will reveal himself if you're looking for him. John 14, 21 says this, those who accept my commands, my commandments, and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them. And I will love them and reveal myself to them. You know, if we accept him, that word there means to hold tightly. It's like a possession. It's actually, it's, it's like you're wearing a garment. That, that's accepting. So you accept his commandments, you're wearing a garment it's like you're walking down the runway of life and people are like, who, who are you wearing? And you're like, Jesus. <laughs> Tell them that, right? Come on. I'm wearing Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm holding that so tightly that it's a part of me and they see it. We obey. We obey those commandments. We properly maintain. We spiritually guard. We keep them intact in our lives. And then he'll reveal himself. He'll shine on us. He'll make himself known. He'll manifest himself in our lives and make himself known and visible to us. You know, God wants to reveal himself to us. And we should be you know, we should be excited for reveal parties because when people have reveal parties, it's exciting. You find out the gender of the baby. Woohoo! But how much more should we be excited when God reveals himself in us and through us? We should have Jesus reveal parties in our small groups and tell stories to other people of how God revealed himself to us. Right? so what does it mean to flourish since we're at flourish? It means to grow and develop in a healthy, vigorous way. It means in a favorable environment. And ladies, we're in such a favorable environment. We have the right soil. We have such a right setting to be able to allow him to be the difference maker. Where we feel disengaged to re-engage. Where we don't care what our sister to the left or right of us says about us. When we, when we want to re-engage and, and we're crying and boogers and snotter coming out of our nose because we know we've not been right. We're not here to impress the ones to the left or the right. We're here, we're here to get our hearts right with the king. Amen. So in conclusion, I just want to say this. I want to speak this scripture over you. And I, you just have to listen. But Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14. This is my scripture. I just love it. It's on the wall of my office. And you can think about this. And as you read it, in, as you read along with me, insert your name. For I know the plans I have for you, Natalie. I know the plans I have for you. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you, Natalie, a future and a hope. Did you insert your name? Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, we just see disaster. We just see misfortune. We just see it's not going the way we wanted it to. But God says, I have good plans. Verse 12 In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Amen. Amen. We'll find him when we look for him. And he says, I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. Amen. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you, and I will bring you home again to your own land. And sometimes we think that captivity is like what other people have put on us, but most of the time we've put ourselves in captivity. And God's like, if you do these things, I will do this for you. I will end your captivity. He wants to be found. He's here with us. He loves us immensely. He wants to speak to each one of us. You know, 33 years ago... Uh, Rick and I said everyone else in our lives were off limits. It was he and I. I got engaged to him. Then we got married. We were devoted. And, and we were we were going to have this wonderful life, which we do. We do. Don't get me wrong. But we get hurt. He and I have hurt one another. We've had pain and circumstances, doubt. We've had a lot of unfulfilled hopes, you know. But we we made a decision that we were gonna have to stay connected and engaged because there was moments where we were like, that's it, I'm done. Right? And every relationship kinda goes through that. Almost every relationship I know goes through that where you just kinda go through the rough times. And you have decisions to make. Am I going to stay or am I going to go? Am I going to engage or am I going to disengage? And it's like that with God, where we, we had that relationship, we make that commitment, and then some things happen in our life and we're like, well, the God I know shouldn't do that. The God I serve isn't making me happy, isn't meeting my needs. We need to be reminded why we made that commitment. God wants each of us to have a loving, vibrant, transforming, forgiving, empowering relationship with him. He is not looking for perfection. He knows we're not perfect. He loves us anyway. He's looking for us to fully obey him, to draw near to him so that he'll draw near to us. So I want to encourage you, please don't leave here on Saturday with more determination, but leave with a Fresh revelation, a fresh relationship with him, and a heart of devotion. Let's decide together that we're gonna repent and return and allow him to reveal himself to us. So Penny is gonna come up. We're gonna close. She's gonna give some direction on what we're about to do um, as a group. So I'm gonna turn this over to Penny and take my ring.
1: Hello, I didn't get to say hi to all of you yet. Wow, so nice to see you all. Love you all. Wish I could hang out with all of you for at least a couple hours each. You think we have time? <laughs> well, I'm just kind of got to sit here. You can see me, right? Well, I have been. I'm good here. I'm good. Thank you, then, my love. I have been talking to the Lord about this conference for a very long time. And I'd like us to rethink how we do conferences this year. Okay? And I know, you know, and appraisal's great and all that kind of thing, but sometimes we come to a conference and go, oh, she was good. I liked that. You know, yeah, yeah, I really liked her. Oh, didn't like that so much. But this year, what I'd really, really like us to do is in every teaching that you choose to attend, every breakout, every main session that you ask the Lord specifically. You can still say, oh, I like that good. You know, that one wasn't my favorite. That's fine. But I want you to ask the Lord very specifically, what did you say to me in that message? Okay, the whole objective of this conference is personally engaging with God. It's not listening necessarily just to someone else's message about who God is to them. <clears throat> it's, this has been my prayer for this conference: is that he would gain, we would gain an entrance into the presence of God in a greater way than we ever have before. No matter what position you're in, no matter how long you've been a Christian. And so, the whole emphasis, the whole focus of this conference is about personally engaging with God. The verse that we chose is the nearness of God is my good. And that needs to be every one of our testimonies. The nearness of God is my good. It's not just my mom's good. It's not just my pastor's good. It's my good. I live my life desperate for God because the nearness of God is my good. So I'd like us to be disciplined and to not be necessarily just sermon tasters or like, mm, yeah, like that, put that down on my little, you know, evaluation. I knew mean, she did a good job. No, I want you to be very sober-minded. We all got one of these engage little notebooks here. The purpose of this, you can take notes in it too, that's fine. But after every session, we're going to have an opportunity to journal. Maybe some of you have never journaled before. I do it a lot. I will ask God questions in my journal and say, God, what do I do about that? How do I handle that? And then I'll write down his answer. So number one, it's it's a good way to learn how to communicate to God that way. But number two, again, this is about you and God. This time together, it's all about you and God and where your relationship is with God and do you really know him. Are you really close with him? And so we're going to use these opportunities after every session to say, okay, God, I'm going to just put all the distractions away from me, and I'm going to engage with you. What did you want me to learn from that? What do you want to speak to me? Or you could be like Habakkuk and say, how shall I respond when I am reproved over what she just said? Do you want to reprove me, Lord? Is there something I need to really change in my life? Am I treating my husband poorly? Am I not relating to this person well? Am I ignoring you? Am I way too busy? Do I don't even make time for you? Whatever the case may be. Or maybe he wants to encourage you and speak something into your life like he did tonight and said, I got you. I got you, girl. You don't need to worry about anything because I got you. Like, you know, me, when I'm preparing for this conference, it's like, wow, you know, that's that's a lot. I really want those people to be touched by God. And the the Lord said, I got you. This this isn't your deal. This is my deal. You're not carrying this. I'm carrying it. I'm like, okay, I'll I'll take that, God. So that's the objective. So we're going to start tonight. Tonight is step one. And we're going to play some instrumental music, worship-type music, And we're going to get our little pen out and say, Father God, Holy Spirit, what do you want to say to me tonight about what Natalie said, or about what happened in worship, or about what you spoke to me tonight, or since I've been here? What do you want to say? And for every single session you're at, you should have something specific from the Lord. Okay?
0: you can continue to learn, grow, and flourish with us as a community of women by visiting nrpflourish.com. There you will find information on our Facebook group, our weekly Flourish podcast with Penny c and our 2024 Flourish dates. For more information about NRP and other conferences that we have going on throughout the year, visit nrpastors.com. We can't wait to see you at one of our conferences soon.